Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Encounter with God Together, our weekly audio and video podcast where we review the readings in our Encounter with God Daily Bible Reading Guide right here that you can get online uh, in your email or in print at our website. And each week I welcome a guest, and I'm happy to have with me today Laurel Hicks-Curry, who's on my team in the development area. And um, Laurel, it's great to have you here in this capacity. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, uh, Laurel has uh, has a theology uh, master's, right? You have your master's in theology. So in addition to being able to do administrative work for Scripture Union, I like to engage her in her thoughts on the scripture. So Laurel, let me pray for you and then we'll get you going. Father, I thank you for Laurel. I thank you for all that she adds to our team and for uh, her her heart for you, for her heart for your word, and for the uh, wisdom and knowledge you've given her. I pray for her uh, today as she shares uh, with us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So you are uh, in this funny position of the readings where you're (laughs) finishing up Jeremiah and you are starting us out in Philippians. So that's a bit of a bit of a switch <laughs> but uh let's let's hear what god's given you to say and yeah so this week it's literally half the week will be in uh jeremiah and then the other half will be in philippians um and so we're in the last two chapters of jeremiah in 51 and 52 um which is a bit of a difference from what we've been in up to um in jeremiah um this is really the change where before we've really been talking about everything Israel's been doing wrong and everyone will prosper over you. And now it's okay. Babylon's going to fall. And so um, Jeremiah talks about how um, the destruction of Babylon, it will be destroyed beyond any repair. There's no healing. There's no coming back. It will be destroyed. Um, And he says, so in verse one, behold, I will stir up the spirit of a destroyer against Babylon. He continues um, in 24, I'll repay Babylon all the, inhabitants of Chaldea before your very eyes for all the evil they have done in Zion. I will stretch out my hand against you. You shall be a perpetual waste, declares the Lord. The Lord's purposes against Babylon stand to make the land of Babylon a desolation without inhabitant. Um, And he just goes on and on. He's saying, no, there will be no redemption. This is, um, this is what's happening because of everything they've done. um, Complete liberation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, um, just going to read a few more really, uh, harsh words, um, but, um, the violence done to me and to my Kingsmen be upon Babylon, let the inhabitant of Zion say, saying, this is what's happened to you, O Zion. And now this is what's going to happen to Babylon. Um, therefore says the Lord, behold, I will plead your cause and take vengeance for you. I will dry up her sea and make her fountain dry and Babylon shall become a heap of ruins, the haunt of jackals, a horror and a hissing without inhabitant. I will bring them down like lambs to the slaughter. Babylon must fall for the slain of Israel, just as for Babylon have fallen the slain of all the earth. Hmm. And in, um, yeah, just he's just talking about how Babylon had been all powerful and overtook Israel and so much more. Um, but Babylon became arrogant. They forgot that the Lord is still Lord. The Lord is the only sovereign one. They are not sovereign. They are not the epitome of the world. The Lord has put him them in that position and the Lord's going to take them away from that position. Um, and in this section of really negative talk, there's this really beautiful um 
description of who God is in mm. um, verses 15 and 16 of Jeremiah 51. And I'm just going to read that. Yeah. Um, the Lord of hosts, it is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom and by his understanding stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there is tumult of waters in the heavens and he makes the mist rise from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain and he brings forth the wind from storehouses. And um, Jeremiah goes on beyond that. But I just think sometimes we forget the grandness of God. We forget the power and the might. Um, mm. And we've seen that throughout Jeremiah. We've seen that. But I just think that's such a beautiful um, mm. reminder of the power of God. At his voice, there's tumult of waters in the heavens. You know, um, he established the world by his wisdom. Um, he didn't have to struggle to make the world. Simply through his wisdom, he created the world. Um, and I just think, especially in this Advent season, it's such a good reminder of God's might. Um, a lot mm. of times, I think we talk about um, Jesus's humility in Advent, which is really beautiful and should be talked about. But if God was not all powerful as he is, it wouldn't mean as much. Um, and so it's such a good reminder during Advent. Yeah. Thank um, you. That is a good reminder. Yeah, something to really focus on. Um, and the, the commentator, you know, I was looking at this morning, kind of pointed out what a ridiculous prophecy that was that Jeremiah was making against Babylon, like how yeah. un, very unlikely it was that Absolutely. that would actually occur, which Absolutely. also highlights what you're saying right now that, you know, with God, yep, that yeah. can occur. Absolutely. And I mean, the Babylonians never would have expected that. I mean, they at this point are in full power. They're in control of everything. Um, everyone has succumbed to them. They've overtaken everyone. They haven't found a foe that could stop them. And the Lord is saying, okay, but now you think that you are all powerful and you're not, you're yeah. not all powerful. I am. Yeah. Um, and it's something, yeah, to cling to and to be reminded of um, in the world we're in today. Sometimes mm -hmm. we feel like we can't do anything or we mm -hmm. feel like people are making the wrong decisions or um, maybe we are upset with a politician it doesn't like at the end of the day the lord is sovereign um, that's right are. so um yeah and then we go into jeremiah 52 which is um again a little different um he is basically uh basically saying like all of this happened because of you like you have messed up you oh israel you are sinners you have you have made mistakes the king's have done evil in the sight of the Lord. And you've asked for the kings. Like Samuel told you, you should stay with the judges. And you said, no, I really want kings. And the kings have led you astray. And here you are. Um, and so, um, and then 52 is really just a recount of everything that has happened. King Nebuchadnezzar, everything that's happened in Babylon, um, the temple being burned, uh, the people in exile, 4,600 people from Judea and Jerusalem were taken captive. Um, yeah. And then the last thing that happens in Jeremiah 52 is just, um, well, not just, um, but Jeremiah 52 ends with the king of Judah, King Jehokim, um, being released from prison. Um, and so that's kind of hopeful. There is some hope there. Um, and the commentator this week talks about that. Like there is some hope. Um, and also, I mean, Babylon being destroyed is good for Israel, but it's also scary because everything that you know is going to change if Babylon is destroyed. Um, so they do have mm. this hope of him being released from prison. Mm. Yeah. So that's mm. the first three days of this week. Um, <laughs> and then we take really big shift and go to Philippians. Um, let me just turn my Bible there. Yeah. 
Yeah, so Philippians, this week we're going to really just do Philippians 1 through verses, uh, for ch through chapter 2, verses 4, um, just that section. Um, and one of the comment, I mean, the commentator this week talks about, this is something you may have read many times, but ask the Lord to give you a new perspective, ask mm -hmm. him to give you new eyes. Because um, there, even in the first chapter, there are many verses you've probably heard a million times. Um, and sometimes that can be a good thing because it's a good reminder. And sometimes we just kind of gloss over it. Um, and so I, that was a really, that was really encouraging to me. Like, oh yes, take back. <laughs> yeah. New eyes. Um, yeah. So Paul is writing this from prison around 60 AD and most likely in Rome. Um, so I'm going to read a few verses. Um, verse six. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Um, that is something we've probably heard many, many times. Um, but Paul is talking to the church in Philippi and just encouraging them, like, he has started this work. He will be the one to complete it. Um, and I think in our lives, we need to rest in that promise, too. If the Lord brought you to something, he's going to complete it. Um, mm. We don't have to be impatient. We don't have to um, worry and wonder what's going to happen. We can rest in the promise of that. Um, and then... Verse nine, it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Um, Paul is really just encouraging them. This is how you ought to live. Mm. Um, your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. Um, and I mean, let that be our prayer this Advent season. Like, let mm -hmm. our love abound more and more um, as we encounter family members or friends that we don't usually see. Or if there's disagreement, may our love abound more and more. Um, like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then um, he goes on to talk about, I mean, everything is for the purpose of the gospel. That's what he says. Um, I mean, Paul says that all throughout his letters. But um, he says... Um, the guards and the others imprisoned here have heard the gospel because I've been imprisoned. Um, you know, Paul is known for lots of being persecuted a lot. Um, and Paul, I mean, Paul did a lot of persecuting of Christians initially. Um, it's but, an interesting turnabout. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But um, <laughs> he has seen his share of suffering. Um, and in all those things, he always clings to, okay, but Lord, your gospel needs to be proclaimed. And not just that, he goes on to say um, that, most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Um, so not only for those around me, but my suffering has encouraged others who are preaching to be more bold in what they're saying. When know, I read that this morning, I thought you would expect it to be the opposite. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to go to prison and be persecuted. So that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Yeah, but I also think like when we see someone suffer for something, we think it must be worth the suffering. Yeah, yeah, good, you know, good. That's the encouragement is like, you wouldn't suffer for something you didn't care about. If you didn't believe the gospel fully, 100%, why would you suffer for it? Just yeah. surrender, just stop yeah. talking. Yeah, you know, point. and so that's, good. That's, that's, what, um, that's what Paul, I mean, it says all throughout his scriptures. Um, and then they are bothered because people are, preaching the gospel in vain. They're doing it for selfish desires. And Paul really says, 
Only that in other way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed and in that I rejoice. At the end of the day, I rejoice because the gospel is being spread. Um, mm. And how true, I mean, how encouraging is that of um, today? Like it doesn't, church membership is down and sometimes people are looking at different churches, but at the end of the day, like they're in a body of Christ, they're hearing the gospel and how beautiful is that? Mm -hmm. um, and that's what Paul is encouraging us. Um, and then the, to live is Christ, to die is gain, um, which we've all heard many, many times. Um, but we have to dwell with it. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Um, let's lose ourselves, but also in, in this life, let's lay down all our flesh um, and surrender everything so that the Lord can use our lives. But also Paul is saying like, it would be easier for me to die and just spend eternity in heaven. But every breath that the Lord has given me, I'm going to praise him. Every time I'm here, he must have a purpose for me because I'm still here. Mm. I faced a lot. I mean, Paul has faced it all, um, but he's still here. He's still preaching the gospel. And so the Lord must not be done with him. And um, Yeah, he says in 23, I'm hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Um, convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. So that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. He's saying, let my, let my every breath be encouragement to you because I am still here to share the gospel. Um, and then the next verse, which is very convicting, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Um, if every moment of our day was worthy of the gospel of Christ, um, and it's not, we're not, but let that be our prayer. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm just going to read chapter two, verses one through four. Sure. Um, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Um, really encouraging for how we should live our lives. Um, this is how we ought to live. Um, and so far in Philippians, that's what we've read. We've read instructions for how to live. Um, live so that everything has the purpose towards spreading the gospel. Live so that your love may abound more and more. Live so that you are humble um, and look to his suffering. That's um, what Paul's saying. And um, I think especially in this Advent season, I think it's easy to get caught up in everything in either traditions that are secularized or traditions that are um, within the church um, and to really only focus on a few things and not focus on the whole of who God is. Um, and that I think is something that Paul is um, portraying in this mm. to live as Christ and to die as gain and let us live worthy of the gospel of Christ. I love it. I love it. Good words for the season. And I like that you highlighted that those are words for the season, you know, Absolutely. because um, they are, they are. And I think it's, it's a good challenge for us this week and this season and um, yeah. New Year's resolution, all the things. <laughs> <Absolutely. laughs> yeah. 
So that's great. Well, Laura, will you pray for, of course. Um, for everybody this week? Of course. Lord, as we enter your word this week, God, help us to meet you there. Open our eyes to see you, our ears to hear you, our hands to share you, and our hearts to know you, Lord. Lord, that we might rest in you this at this time, Lord. That we would seek you above all things, Lord, and that we would remember to live as Christ, to die as King. Lord, let us live lives that are worthy of the gospel. Lord, help us to remember that suffering for your glory, Lord, um, is essential. Lord, we ought to suffer for your glory, Lord. When we're in times that are hard, help us to see how you are moving through them like Paul did, Lord. Lord, help us to remember that you are the almighty and the everlasting God. Mm. Help us not to forget it and become um, conceited like the Babylonians did. Lord, help us to remember that you have made us who we are. Lord, you have put us in positions, um, given us the families, Lord. And we know that as you've given it all, you can take it all away, Lord. And we thank you for what you've given us, Lord. Lord, help us to rest in you. Lord, help us to turn our eyes to you this Advent season, Lord. And um, just remember how big and grand you are, Lord, and how the juxtaposition of you coming to this earth as humble and lowly child, Lord, help us to remember that. Help us to remember your humility is grand because of how great you are, because you are the almighty and the everlasting and the alpha and the omega, Lord, and we rest in you. Lord, you are the lion and the lamb. God, we just ask that you would guide us at this season. Lord, help us to turn to you in everything we do. Lord, help us to meet your word with new eyes. Lord, to give us a fresh perspective on your word. Lord, in all things, Lord, let us bring glory to you through how we live. We love you, Lord, and we are so grateful. We're so grateful for your son coming to this earth, Lord. Um, and we just ask that um, our lives would be worthy, Lord. And when they're not, Lord, when they're not, help us to ask for repentance, Lord, and come back to you. Lord, we love you and are so grateful for you. It is in your holy and precious name that we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Laurel. And yeah. um, everyone, as you go through this this week, um, may you, you meditate on these things in Advent. And I, I want to mention that we do have an Advent daily reading guide uh, that you can subscribe to on our homepage. Not too late to jump in and uh, just more things for you to reflect on. So Laurel, have a great week. I'm sure Thank I'll you. see you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, everyone else have a great week too. Good to be with you. Bye for now. <laughs>